Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Inside the Studio on iHeartRadio. My name is Jordan Runtog, but enough about me. You can see my guest today every weeknight on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, where he leads his band, Stay Human. But that's just a small portion of his oversized resume. Born to a family of musicians in New Orleans, the Juilliard-educated performer serves as the musical director of The Atlantic and the creative director of the National Jazz Museum in Harlem. He also co-composed the music for the latest Pixar masterpiece, Soul, which was released last fall. If his expansive career has a through line, it's that music makes the world better. He often performs spontaneous public events that he calls love riots, spreading joy throughout his adopted city of New York. Over the summer, he used his voice to amplify protests for the Black Lives Matter movement in the wake of the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. More recently, he performed for frontline workers at vaccination sites as part of New York Pops Up. He continues to push for a higher social consciousness on his new album, We Are, which is out today. It's a record that blends the whole continuum of American music, from jazz and rock to country and hip-hop. For such a community-minded man, this album certainly took a village. There are over 100 musicians playing on it, including legends like Quincy Jones, Mavis Staples, Steve Jordan, and Trombone Shorty. I'm so happy to speak to the maestro himself, Mr. John Batiste. Wait, oh, wait, yeah! <laughs> oh, man, John, I, I'd ask to duet with you. I got my little piano over here, but I don't want to embarrass myself, Ooh. so <laughs> I'll leave that oh, to yeah, you. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love that. Man, what kind of piano you oh, have? Oh, it's just a little Korg. Nothing, uh, it's a little apartment living, so I don't have, I don't have too I don't have a lot of room. <laughs> Ooh, you're killing it, though. 
<laughs> oh, man, thank you so much for taking the time to talk today. It's, it's, it's such a pleasure. I've got so many things I want to ask you. <laughs> yes. Oh, man, I mean, this is really the perfect place to start. You're gearing up to release your new album, We Are, and it's, it's an album that's just jam-packed with warmth and joy. It's just coming out of every song. You can really feel it. But before we dive into the specifics of the album, I wanted to ask you about a concept that runs through all of your work, and I love it so much. I think it's so important to talk about social music. Tell me, if you would, about that philosophy. I think it's so important to share that with people. Oh, absolutely. Social music is tapping into the power of music at its rawest form. And we've looked at music as entertainment for so long and it's become a commodity. But you have to think that for centuries and centuries before it's become this thing that we put on T-shirts and CDs and, and we sell, it was a part of the fabric of everyday life in communities. You'd have drum circles in Ghana. You'd have people passing the fiddle around in Appalachia. You have people singing songs, indigenous people from America, Native Americans, the spirituals, folk songs. And there's not many places left where there's that kind of social music. And my idea of social music is taking all of those different forms of music and connecting them and creating a decategorized form of music that's a part of the fabric of everyday life in the 21st century. And it sounds like it took a community, a whole village, to put this album together. Some hundred artists I've read that, that play on it. You've said that the, the blueprint of, of We Are came together over six days in your dressing room. What was that process like? How, how was that? It was kinetic, man. The energy was in the air. You know, it was a great thing to capture because... I was in the middle of so many things, you know, doing the show, doing a musical, doing the score for a movie, Pixar Soul, doing all these things at one time. And I was coming in and out of my dressing room and I had creatives and food deliveries and instruments all over the place, just kind of around the clock for six days. And that's how we came up with the blueprint of the album. Autumn Rowe, songwriter, Kizzo, producer, myself, the three of us were kind of the nucleus of that six day session. And um, there were many, many musicians coming in and out, as I said. But then over eight or nine months following that six days, I built the record out, um, built the vision out in L.A., New Orleans and New York. And that was really a, a powerful thing because it concluded during the first wave of the pandemic and during the, the, the protest. A lot of them, um, you know, were going on in New York City. And I led the first musical marches in New York City when... Um, we, we found out about George Floyd and, um, you know, there was so much going on. And I think all of that time was captured in this record. Yeah, for, for making a record of social music, the events of, that, of the last year must have changed the meaning of the music that you've written prior to that immensely. I mean, with George Floyd, as you mentioned, Breonna Taylor and, and just the whole Black Lives Matter movement. I wanted to ask you about the cover art for, for, for We Are, because there's a lot of history in that font, if you look closely. It's modeled after a very famous poster in, in the civil rights movement. I wanted to ask you about that. Absolutely. The Memphis sanitation workers strike, which Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. championed nationally, just prior to him being assassinated, in which my grandfather was a part of, which, you know, as, a, as an activist, as a, um, as a leader in his community, as the president of the hotel workers union and the postal workers union in Louisiana at different times. He fought for the rights of workers in, in Louisiana. Um, so just the connection to my personal lineage and also the lineage of the black diaspora and all of the, the heroes and unsung heroes. That's what the album is about. 
It's my coming of age as an artist and as a person through my lineage and my craft, and also the coming of age in the 21st century of all of these different forms of black culture and social music. The title We Are is so great because to me, it reminds me of one of those optical puzzles where you look at it one way, it looks like one thing, but then if you shift your perspective a bit, it looks like something wholly other. It, we Are is a question, it's an answer, it's a promise, it's an affirmation, it's so many different things. What does that title mean for you? That's it. You nailed it. It's one of those things that gives people the question and the answer at the same time. It gives people a prayer and a hope and also it gives them a vision of the future and of the past at the same time. The great art that I really admire and what I strive to do is to exist in a space of timelessness, which means that you're coming from the past, the present, and you're in the future at the same time. You're broadcasting what the, the vision of the future is through your art as you're inspired by what the vision of the past was and all the things that come from that. And then you're in the present while making these two things come together. It's such a great title for this time, too, because it seems like at this moment we've been doing a lot of soul searching, both as a country with this election, but also in the last year of being isolated. We've kind of been forced to look inward in a lot of ways now. So it's perfect time for that time, man. We, it, that's the silver lining of this pandemic. I wanted to ask you, I mean, thinking about how you've, you've used music in the, in, the, in the civil justice marches last summer and also in, in your love riots, why is music so good at telling the truth or conveying the truth? Music is vibration. In its purest form, it's vibration. And the frequencies that music create are unable to be manufactured or adjusted to tell a story that they don't contain. That vibration contains an energy and a meaning, and it can't tell a story that's not in the vibration. It's, it's, you hear a note, the way I play that note, it's a different vibration. Different meanings. Music is the art of, of mastering frequency and vibration and communicating those frequencies and vibrations. So much of, of your art is about bringing joy to people, but also this, this truth to people. And those two points, joy and truth, don't always exist in, in harmony. Sometimes the truth isn't very joyful, especially recently. Does that, is that ever hard for you to, to rationalize those two points? I think that the, the, the joy comes in knowing. The joy comes in knowing that we're here and we're part of a master plan. And this aspect of life even the troublesome aspects of life, even the aspects of life that bring so much destruction are part of that plan. And knowing that allows us to face them with joy, knowing that this is not the end. Um, and it's not an optimism that's rooted in some sort of idealistic naivete, but it's actually rooted in facing the hard stuff rather than acting like it doesn't exist. At what point when you're writing does the audience enter your consciousness? When you're writing, are you writing purely for you and then you're thinking about presenting it to people? Or are you, do you have people in mind? Are you conveying a message as you're writing or does that come I'm later? I'm thinking about what the creator is putting in me at that moment as the vessel, as this vehicle for whatever I'm, I'm, I'm channeling. Um, it's being given to me. I don't control that. So I think that I oftentimes think about the audience and the people after the fact, when I'm performing and I'm, and I'm delivering the message that I've, I've channeled onto the page or onto the record or onto the piano or into my voice or in my dance moves or whatever it is, I'm, I'm just thinking about 
that afterwards. Um, and this is how the album was made. There were a lot of things going on in the world, but it really was born out of this internal coming of age and this channeling of a message and a theme that was given to me that turned out to be very prescient for our time. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I mentioned all the different artists who came together to make this album with you, and there are people like Quincy Jones, Mavis Staples, Steve Jordan, Trombone Shorty, just so many incredible names. Was there anyone who really intimidated you to work with? Or are you past that point and everyone's just, just an artist? I always feel a great deal of reverence for anybody who I'm able to work with, in particular everybody on this album, there's a story that I could tell about each person on this album that is a a life-changing coming of age for me as an artist and as a creator. You know, talk about the first time I met Quincy Jones or 
conversations with Mavis or thinking about growing up in New Orleans with Trombone Shorty, P.J. Morton, talking about the St. Augustine High School marching band. You talk about the Gospel Soul Children, the choir at my grandfather's church. My dad is playing bass on the album. You got Emily King on the album, who, you know, just incredible musicians, Robert Randolph, incredible artist. Um, and I just find that, you know, you got over 200 artists on there, but all of them are meaningful. And that's what gives me that reverence because it, it's humbling for me to be able to capture this thing that I have in my mind that I'm carrying in my soul and have all of the right people around to really make it, make it be real. Almost seems like you chose people like a painter cho- chooses a shade of color. Just get the right kind of green on there, the kind of blue, to borrow a, borrow a Miles Davis phrase. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. It's You're right, though, man. I didn't, I didn't think about it like a album where you get features for the name recognition or things like that. I was just thinking about it from the perspective of I'm creating a, 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 a masterwork. I'm creating something that only specific colors can fit within the context of this whole painting. And um, in a lot of ways, I like the analogy of it being made like a great novel um, where you, you don't skip chapters or you wouldn't know, or you, you don't leave out words or you wouldn't really know what was happening with the, the right level of acuity. So um, I, I, I think about the album like that. It's a 45-minute novel. Even if you close your eye, you know, if you close your eyes, in, in your mind's eye, you'll see it as a movie. It's like, you don't skip a scene in a movie. And that's how I encourage people to listen to it. Just it, absorb it from the beginning to end. It's a 45-minute meditation or prayer or dance party for your day every day. What was it like? What's it like making music with your dad? That's got to be something really special. I know he, he was a huge part of, of what made you love music. He's incredible because he's such an intelligent man. He's just so well-versed in many different ways. He, he's, a, he's a real real inspiration to me as a person. So making music with him is great just because I get to spend time with him in the last few years. You know, I haven't really spent as much time because I'm so busy and I live in New York and they live in New Orleans and I've been visiting, but it's never the same when you don't live there. You visit for a couple days at a time and then a few months will go by and you talk on the phone, but that's not the same as hanging out, making music, you know, living at home or him living up here. So it was really beautiful just for that alone, you know, and in fact, I mean, musically speaking, you know, if you listen to what he plays, it's just, you know, if you listen to Cry, for instance, the way that he drives that song with Steve Jordan, he's playing the bass and Steve is playing the drums and it's just like a machine. That is heck of a rhythm section. Tell me about that song. The, the song Cry it harkens back to, to the Great Migration. Tell me more about, about the meaning behind that song. Incredibly powerful song. One of my favorites on the album. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening and, and digging into that one. Because I, I find that if you open your heart and your soul to this music, it'll leave you full. And it's full with so much stuff, um, so many inspirations. And Cry was something that I was inspired by the lineage of my family that actually are black family farmers. You know, four generations of black family farmers in Georgia. And then also um, in Mississippi on both sides of my family, mother and father's side, there's that lineage that is rooted in the time after Reconstruction and, and, and slavery of our ancestors. And they gave sustenance and worked the land and, and gave the people food that helped fuel the economy and fuel, fuel people's lives. And music came from that. And we think about folk and Americana, and we oftentimes don't think about the black contribution to that, which 
the song almost is a reclaiming of that. There's a, a great quote that you gave recently that, I, I, and I, I'm I'm trying to recall off the top of my head. That one of the one of the great twenty one of the goals for the 21st century to, should be to recall to recall where our melodies came from. And I thought that was I wanted to ask you more about that. That's speaking about going through your own history through your music. I wanted to to touch on that a little bit. Well, our melodies come from places that are rooted in our history in our lineage, and they go far, far back into time before we can even be conscious of their existence. They're ubiquitous. They're just in the air. There's so many melodies that are just a part of, of, of life that in, in making things into a commodity, we lose touch with how they function societally. We lose touch with how they function within communities. You talk about griots, African storytellers who pass an oral tradition down. Those come with melodies. Those come with dances. Those come with rhythms. And you talk about nursery rhymes. You talk about songs. All of these things that seem to have been in existence before time itself. And we have to bring that back into time today because our trends in the thinking of genres puts things in a box where we lose track of our uh, a melodic and, and cultural DNA because we're trying these to, to fit into formulaic marketing schemes. So that's really what social music is all about. I remember my, one of... Uh, music is a big point of bonding between me and my own father. And I remember taking him to a, a music festival and he saw, I can't remember who the artist was, but afterwards we were talking and he was so jazzed about it because he was like, I don't know what genre that was. That was like a little bit of techno, a little bit of R&B, a little bit of rock. And to see it through his eyes as a 60 something year old man, like, oh yeah, genres, it's all mixed now. And that, that makes me think of a track like I Need You, which, you know, spans from the Lindy Hop to you rapping. I mean, tell me more about that song. That song is just infectious. That's just like a warm, sunny day on record. I wanted that. I wanted that feeling, man. I wanted that feeling of just um, unbridled joy. We were on the set, Alan Ferguson, the director, and Jamel McWilliams. That was our, um, that was our MO with creating the video, which you see me doing the Lindy Hop with the modern dance, but also the song itself was created. You know, Autumn Rowe and Kizzle and I, the three of us in the dressing room made this song on the last day of that, that six, seven day run. And it was really the thing that captured a lot of what the album is about in a very literal sense. It's literally a song, you know, you got this bass line. It's literally a song that has that juke joint, um, chitlin circuit, black social music bass line from the, you know, the 40s, Lil Richard, you know, that feel mixed with a pop, hip-hop song that you would hear on Z100. So that, that is such a literal manifestation of what the album is about and what social music is about. It's a continuum. It's all related. It's all linked. Yeah, it's all, it's all connected. That's it. <laughs> That, the video is spectacular. I mean, it, it's it's a, a showing a scene of a 1930s Chitlin Circuit Jute Joint coming to life. And you you got moves, I got to say. I know. <laughs> I love it, man. I love that. You know, dancing is fun because it, it allows people to, to be liberated just by seeing you. Hmm. That was the greatness. <laughs> a beautiful of, way to You know it. what I mean? They see you and it's just like, even if they're not dancing... There's a freedom that emerges within. It made me think, I wanted to ask you, is there a musical era that's the most fascinating for you that you would have liked to have lived through? Would you want to have done the Lindy Hop in the 30s or, or lived through some other, some other time? Or? Man, you know, I find a lot of different eras fascinating. I would love to um, 
have, have experienced, but I oftentimes think about the future. I want to live in the future. I want to know what music is going. I want to create it. I want to use elements of the past, like the golden age of, of American popular song and, uh, and, and American music where classical musicians and first-generation immigrants mixed with black musicians playing blues, jazz, all of the different forms of pop music of that day in, in the 20s and 30s, you know, that era where the, the music was blended. Um, I think about that. I think about the era of time in, um, in, in, in Benin and where the Yoruba tradition, where the Yoruba people, you know, where my lineage is actually from. Um, if you go way back, just how did they make music and worship? You know, when I travel to Africa, when I go to um, different parts of the world, like Havana, if I go to um, Brazil and experience those ways that the music is still, just like in New Orleans, in Haiti, in Port-au-Prince, you know, where the music is still in the street, pouring out of people's houses, in the hallways, on the porch, going to the beginning of those traditions in different parts of the world. You know, that's my vision of the future, actually. Let's take all of that stuff, because now is the first time in history where I could connect those traditions and create something that is completely of, without category. And it's so interesting because we forget, you know, growing up, you know, being in, especially in like Northeastern United States, that, that music for thousands of years was part of the community. I mean, now it's something that there's this prevalent notion that music is something that you get to do if you're good enough. And then we stick you on a stage above other people. I think I always thought that was an interesting metaphor. And everyone gets together and kind of watches you and you're othered. And how do you combat that? How do you see ways of making music more inclusive and bringing it back to being a community experience? Like, like you're love riots for example well that's it man the love riot is one of the things that i dreamed and it's a vision that i got in a dream from the creator to do this communal aspect of music at every show and even before we did it at shows we did it in the subways and street corners of new york city we'd leave juilliard we all you know at the time the band was predominantly from juilliard my classmates and i would go down the subway and play for people in the train, 30, 30 minute concert, 30 minute performance, whatever you want to call it, not asking for money, just getting people to, 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 to feel that vibration. Eventually we do that, we go to our shows, you know, the encore of the show will be us jumping into the audience sometime in the middle of the show and the encore, we jump in the audience. And then at some points of the time, we'll go to a venue and we will play the whole show in the crowd. And we would take the crowd from the venue, march out of the venue, march to another place, places where we wasn't even supposed to be, just like a, <laughs> a, a coffee shop or just, you know, a, a, a place that is, is um, generally quiet, like a library will come in. And then even there, you know, nine times out of 10 people will welcome us. Uh, you know, the idea of that and calling it a love right came from the different points in time where the gathering would be close to a thousand people just just spontaneously gathering on the street and it would look like a riot because they would start chanting and screaming one more song and dancing and just you know the energy of that caused police to even come sometime once we were in the low east side and police came on horseback but (laughs) but anyway (laughs) you know they came and then they realized oh it's just and then sometimes they would even get into it even at the at the black lives matter protest the day after the new nypd had uh, someone from their ranks run into a crowd of people um, it, with the car. We went out there and we did a love riot the next day. And we had police officers with us 
that were dancing along with us, standing next to David and I in the band and everybody. Like it was, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't something that you would imagine looking at the news. So I, it, to me, we just want to use a love riot um, it, as a way to bring love, joy, and community wherever we go. I know you recently performed as part of the, uh, the NY Pops Up event where you brought arts and music back to the streets in New York after you know, playing for essential workers at vaccination sites after a year of not a lot of music in, in town in New York. How was that experience for you? Man, it was humbling to see them. They do a lot of the work on the front lines that is unimaginable. Think about the last 10 months, 11 months of work that they have to do and, and just that coupled with everything else that they normally do year-round, every day, day in, day out. Now you have this pandemic and you have all of these different things that are happening with the economy and the shortage of materials to treat people and all these things that are tremendous. And to be able to play music for them and get them to smile, get them to clap their hands and, and to be with us in that way, you know, it was less about me and how I felt, but more just about what the music and the power the music can do in a time like this. How has the, the last year changed you as a person? I find that I'm more, uh, more conscious of taking things one day at a time because there's always stuff that comes up every day. It's like a whole lot. It's a whole lot, to, it's a whole lot of stuff to get through a day in, in, in COVID, even if you're healthy and you're able to use all of the resources that we have um, just to produce a TV show. Imagine people who are, you know, we, we, we have it pretty great in that sense, and it's still a lot to get through today. Um, to, to, to give myself grace and to give other people grace that we're in a time that um, we, we, we really have to focus on, on it one day at a time and not get too caught up. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. 
We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. You strike me as a, as a as an optimist. Has that been challenged over the last year or two? What keeps you feeling that 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 good and that hopeful? God, you know, I read the Bible and pray and try to stay close to God, and, and uh, my faith is really important. I also find that people make me happy, man. I love talking to you. Just your smile, the energy you have, the way that you bring care to the interview. You want to talk about the music and the, and the vision of of all the, the things that I've been given and, and want to give back to people, and then you giving it to people through this performance and this show and this all. I don't know, man. I, I enjoy that, me going on and performing on stage, me going. That's why I do the stuff, you know, me being able to connect with other people, even in this time, makes me happy. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Even if it's yeah, virtual. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's a virtual interview or performance or a a a a, a panel or... I don't know, just being able to connect and feel other people's spirit makes me happy. Thank you for saying that. I mean, right, right back at you with, with your, your music and your, your answers. I mean, that, there was a, a great part of, I forget if it was a quote or if it was in the press release for your album. He said something that really stuck with me. I, I'm known for some things already, but there's so much more that I want people to know about me. What do you hope that people know about you with, with this record? That we don't have to categorize people because people contain multitudes as the saying goes. Let's decategorize our thinking. Let's look at music and look at that as a way, almost as an allegory to how we can look at each other. Let's stop putting people in boxes. There's billions and billions of us throughout, that have been created throughout the history of this planet. None have been the same. None have, not even twins not even people who come from the same city, same block, same household. Completely different souls. And that's really what it's all about. Um, music is, is, you know, very clearly what you were, you were put here to do and to give. Have you been feeling creative in the, in the last couple months in lockdown? You've got a whole workshop in your, uh, in your house. Have you been writing a lot? I've been doing a lot of stuff that is uh, creative, you know, just trying to connect with people. Again, I've been doing this thing... Uh, been dancing on Instagram on Sundays, <laughs> you know, with people around the world, which is, I, you know, I'd never used Instagram like this. I'd never done like the live uh, feed where you can go live. And I, I just had this idea again, it just came to me one day where, oh, I can do a dance, a one-on-one -on -one dance with people. So I dance with people and I play music on Sundays as a ritual to kind of connect. And people have come from all over the world. There's people from, you know, people from Israel, People from, from Ghana, West Africa, people coming on from, uh, from New Orleans, my hometown, and then people coming on from India. Last week there was a guy on from India and um, Japan. I, I mean, at different, at, it's at 3 o'clock, so for them it's, it's, it's way late, but people are still jumping on the thing. So that's actually been creative for me. It's inspired me in, in many ways doing things like that.
It's connecting in a new way, yeah. Finding it, you know, I'm looking for it. I'm searching for it, and, and, and that's what happened. It came to me, and I, I love it. Bringing those smiles. I'm always curious about, and I'm thinking of someone like you who has the, the, just such a perfect blend of both. The, the link between music and comedy is really interesting to me because it, it, there's so many of the same things. There's the rhythm, there's the timing, there's the inflection. Like when you were playing that note before in multiple different ways, getting the same sound, that, that's, to me, that's comedy. You can do that with a word, with a look, with a phrase. Has your spot on, on uh, working with, with Stephen Colbert, has that impacted your music in a funny way by, by interacting with comedy more? Yeah, Stephen Colbert is a genius. He's incredible in terms of what his capacity is he can think of and execute on many different levels at the same time. And that's what comedy is. You're dealing with your engagement with the audience, your engagement with your, your, your counterparts on stage, your engagement with the material, whether it's scripted or it's improv, um, you, and you, your engagement with yourself. You know, you think about yeah. things that you've seen, think about how you feel in the moment, how you want to channel all of your life's experience and, and culminate into that moment and be funny and, and connect. And, and, you know, watching him do that all the time and watching all the folks who have come on the show, it's really been a, a great, great infusion into what I bring to the table, which is already a synthesis of so many different things. I know the future is something that like you said that that's really what you're looking for in your in, in looking towards when you're uh, when, when you're writing, bringing all your influences, both musical and just life experiences to the to, bo- to bear looking to the future. What's, what's next for you? What are you looking forward to next? Wow, man. Oh, wow. There's so, so many things that as a creative, I'm always thinking about the future. And as a person, I'm taking it a day at a time. And I think as a creative, I'm looking forward to, you know, I'm writing a symphony right now. It's called the American Symphony. And it'll be premiering at Carnegie Hall next year in February in 2022. And um, it's a 40-minute piece four movements, and it has the symphony orchestra, it has a marching band, it has a chorus, and it has what I consider a new age rhythm section with electronic technological instruments along with acoustic instrumentation. And there will be guests along with each performance. And I find that this kind of thing has really been something I had in my head, um, and I'm glad I have the opportunity to really manifest it because it's been in my head for five years or so. So that's coming next. But as we speak today, thing I'm looking forward to next is playing some piano, um, working on this Beethoven symphony, uh, this Beethoven uh, sonata, and, and uh, learning all the sonatas. But um, you know that's today. But in the future is the symphony, and also just more music, taking more of the Black diaspora and and, and taking more of the indigenous folk musics of all cultures and decategorizing it. I cannot wait to see your and hear your symphony. That is unbelievable. Yes, it's a, it's a it's I'm I'm honored to have the opportunity to do this at Carnegie Hall. It's going to be an incredible experience for me, and I hope people get a lot out of it. And and I love Beethoven too. He's one of my favorite. I love I love the rhythm of him. I love what he can do with 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 rhythm. How he can do do a whole symphony that's just it's playing with the inflections and rhythm of of the of a fairly simple phrase. I think he's it's so incredible. That's the blues. <laughs> oh, my Beethoven in the style of Ray Charles? Come on. Please do that. Oh, man. John, thank you. It's been a, such a joy, a 
pleasure to, to talk to you. Thank you for sharing your memories, your music. My, my very last question, if you could snap your fingers and have everything go back to whatever your definition of normal is, say, say this time last year, what would be the first thing that you would do? Places you'd go, people you'd hug, restaurants you'd go to, you know, whatever it is. That What would be the very first thing that you would like to do? Well, I already get to hug my lady, Sulaika, so that would be normal. <laughs> She's been working and I've been working, so I would go on a road trip together. She just put out a book and uh, the album is coming out and then my album out, We Are, and that's all been very... It's, it's been work in the quarantine, so I probably just would go on the road together and go on a road trip. Well, hopefully we'll get you out on the road soon. John, thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Really appreciate your time. Hey! Yeah! Oh, my God. P- please do that album. Please do that yeah. album. You're the best, man. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's been really great talking. I really appreciate it. Yes, indeed, my brother. Thank you very much. And I love, love your album. I love your album. Hey, man, thank you. We putting the vibe on it. Do, do, dee, do, do, dee, do. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed this episode of Inside the Studio, a production of iHeartRadio. For more episodes of Inside the Studio or other fantastic shows, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection, and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. 